Today's episode is brought to you by engineering.com, a globally trusted source for engineering content. Check out this and many other exclusive videos for the engineering professional found only on engineering.com TV today. Generative design, it's a hot topic everyone's talking about. It's one of those leading edge technologies in design that is really points toward the future of using computers, computational power and engineering. And joining me to talk about it is our own Rupinder Terra, content director at engineering.com. Rupinder, welcome. Thank you, Jim. Thanks for having me on your show. Uh, Rupinder, it's, let's, let's, when we think of generative design to, to start with, for those who aren't familiar with it, maybe have heard the term but don't know what it is, what is generative design? Generative design is basically having the computer design something for you. So the computer will take a shape and will generate a design based on certain parameters that you give it, as opposed to you as an engineer generating a design. Sure. And when we say design, I'm thinking, uh, for example, would it uh, take a random example? If it was a bridge, would it design a Warren truss or uh, or a fraction of a truss or the whole bridge? I mean, uh, how much, when we say design, how much design uh, do these systems do? That's a very good question because you jumped onto something that uh, engineers do. Make They make bridges, civil engineers make bridges. Uh, it would be a good question to ask. And we actually have done that. Can a, can a computer-aided designer, generative design, can it actually produce a bridge? And the short answer is no, <laughs> it cannot. Yeah. So as much as the industry would like you to have to like to say that it can generate designs better than human engineers. We have not seen that yet. Uh, the shapes that it makes a generative design are at this point, since generative design is, I would say in its infancy, is not able to produce complicated shapes or even shapes that we've, we ourselves as human engineers have created and optimized. It hasn't been able to surpass those yet. But still, like I said, generative design is a technology we are monitoring. It is making progress. It's still in its infancy. It hopefully, we'll get better. Sure, sure. Now, it's uh, today, of course, with advanced simulation, it's possible for design engineer to iterate their way to some designs which look very organic in shapes now, things that you wouldn't intuitively start with for people that think of the triangle of forces and sort of the basic way to, you know, the Cartesian way that, that, that we tend to think. And we create some things that look really, they almost look like, like, like animal structures, like, you know, animal bones and things with, with, you know, complex curves, things that you wouldn't normally think of, of designing, but they're, they're optimized by iteration. Is, is generative design an extension of that process or is this something different? Because you're talking about things that actually create from nothing, which is difficult to imagine. Designs that come out of generative are look look do look organic. They look uh, they look uh, like something that nature would create, and that is no accident. A lot of generative design uh, technologies are based on things like bone growth al algorithms, where if ever been unfortunate to have the break a bone, the bone growth is uh, forms in an organic and lumpy shape. Another example is uh, a tree branch. A tree branch will be lumpy course, by its nature, organic. It's lumpy and it's not regular. It's smooth. It's not the kind of man-made shapes that we make. So that is that is what produces these shapes. That's good in an artistic sense. It doesn't conform to manufacturing part unless you 3D print it. Yeah. What does design engineer have to bring to the table to use generative technology at this point? There, there must be some starting point at which you, you, you start this process. How much do they have to help it to, to get it going? 
don't really have to help it at all. You can just push a button and have it start creating. So it's, it's good at that. It can, with a very few parameters, you can have it create a shape. It'll do its best to create the optimum shape for you. It'll take material away from where there's no stresses. If you're doing a stress uh, part that has being lightweighted, for example, it'll take away material where there's no stress. It'll add material where there is stress. And in that process, it's doing analysis the whole time. It'll create a theoretically create an optimal shape. I say theoretically because theoretically you can just keep going to infinity until the part is optimized. Sure, it's asymptotic, I guess. So if you you could, uh, uh, I guess, how many how, how long do you wait for to take the last molecule of weight out of the part, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so how long is forever? I say that half as a joke. Uh, it can arrive at most of the optimal optimal shape in let's I say ninety percent of the optimal shape in relatively short time, or you could just let it keep going. If you let it keep going, theoretically the part would not be organically shaped or lumpy. It would be straight and smooth and maybe even round. It would acquire the the shape that we know to be optimum if you let it go that way. And conceivably, then it could even be machined conceivably yeah right but yeah. Uh, that's 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 letting it run till it till infinity right if you stop it before infinity you're gonna get you're gonna take your lumps as it were sure sure well you know this uh this little uh mild steel bracket this one holds a monitor up you know on our desks around here and, and by the traditional way i could probably sketch this in the back of a beer coaster and hand this to a machinist and have an odds-on chance i can get a workable part out of that process then iterate from there from a generative design perspective uh, even for something relatively simple like this i mean do you tell the system i want a bracket that will hold x number of pounds of weight with y deflection what are the parameters you'd give it to, to make something like this you do you do may i yeah yeah so this is a perfect example because uh, brackets are the things that we see most often when people uh, who are creating generative design software, they'll show us brackets. It's the first thing they come up with. Uh, so a bracket is ideal. It's uh, usually simple loading. It's This one is multiple parts, two parts. But uh, what it'll do is take create one part that'll have the optimal material optimally placed. So it will be lighter than this. It will definitely be lighter than this. And by lighter, uh, it could be 30, 40% is not uncommon, as I've seen 10 times lighter or one-tenth weight, in, in other words, yeah. resulting from something like this. Yeah. So that th there is very good uh, ap application for lighting, light weighting yeah. with, with, with yeah. generative design. Uh, Repinder, the, the elephant in the room, the question, of course, every engineering professional wants to know about this technology is, is that, is this the beginning of the end of engineering as a human-driven creative process the way we know it now? Are we looking at a future 30, 40 years from now where there just won't be any engineers anymore and the AI will do it all? Theoretically, it could be the end of the design engineer as a human, as a, a human being designing a part. That is the eventual goal of this technology, even though it's not stated that way, right? But we're a long way off from that. And even when I say that it could replace the design engineer, it's only replacing the design engineer for shape optimization. The design engineer still has a job to do. Uh, material selection, for example, you know, regulation, conforming to regulations, 
there's a lot of things that go into engineering a part other than shape, which you could say generative, let generative design take over shape. The, the human engineer can do everything else in a, in a product design. So that, that could be a tool that we have in, in our toolbox to help us create parts, yeah. the shape optimization. Yeah. yeah. Rupinder Terra from right here at engineering.com. Thanks for your insights. Thank you, Jim. Well, that's it for this week's episode of This Week in Engineering. To check out these podcasts as videos, visit engineering.com TV. If you like this show, consider joining engineering.com to get personalized story recommendations, follow the topics you care about, and participate with the global engineering community. Thanks for tuning in.